Force India, Racing Point, and now Aston Martin. This team has had a season start that nobody was really expecting from them, and I'm here to try and understand why. So get ready, because you've been summoned to the steward's office. Hello everyone, and welcome back to the steward's office. I'm Syra, and today I'm going to be chatting about a team that has really taken the F1 paddock by storm this season. Yep, this week's episode is all about Aston Martin and how they've made this massive leap to the front of the grid this season. It's an absolutely insane story if you just look at their results from this year compared to last year. They were a 7th place team in the Constructors had a lot of ups and downs in terms of their consistency. I mean, if I'm being honest, there wasn't really much consistency with that car, and they didn't have any podiums. There was nothing to really yell home about with this team. And this year, we're, what, five races, I think, into the season now? And they're currently second in the Constructors' Championship, and they've been having regular visits to the podium. I think there's only been one or two races so far this season that they haven't been on the podium. It's a pretty big leap for any team to make, and today I'm going to go through how they've managed to do it. But I think it's important to start off at the beginning of the Aston Martin F1 team. Aston Martin actually entered F1 for the very first time in 1959, but they only stuck around until 1960, so only a year, and then they decided to leave because their results were just bad. They opted to pull out and leave F1. It took a pretty long time then until the company showed any interest into the world of F1 again. It wasn't until 2009 that they had actually announced their intention to rejoin the grid. At that point, they were hoping that in 2010 they would see the Aston Martin name back on the F1 grid, but that just didn't happen. Instead, in 2016, Aston Martin became one of the sponsors for Red Bull Racing before later becoming their title sponsor. But then we have to kind of look at another team to see the true beginnings of the current Aston Martin F1 team. In 2018, the Force India team had gone into administration after facing legal and financial trouble. And so Racing Point UK ended up buying their assets. And this was a consortium that was led by Lawrence Stroll. And they ended up taking over the Force India racing team. Racing Point carried on being a team until the end of 2020. And it was in 2020 that Lawrence Stroll had bought a 16.7% stake in Aston Martin. And so at that point, the Racing Point F1 team rebranded themselves to the Aston Martin F1 team and they've been on the grid since 2021. So unlike some teams that we've had come onto the grid, this wasn't a team that was completely built from scratch. Force India and Racing Point had been there, and Lawrence Stroll basically just rebranded Racing Point to become Aston Martin, and then also changed the car colours to British Racing Green. So it wasn't a team entirely built from scratch. Not in the way that Andretti Motorsport are kind of looking at coming into F1 right now, but it is a really smart way to get into F1 and a lot of teams do it. A lot of the big teams have. Red Bull and Mercedes both bought out other teams that were leaving or in financial trouble, so it's not a strange thing to do and it's probably a more efficient thing to do in some respects. If you can buy a team, it's way easier than building it all up from scratch and having to find all of the resources that you need, the staffing, the factories, all of that stuff. I mean, a lot of the time the drivers do transfer over as well, so 
it saves a lot of hassle, so I don't blame them for that. The Aston Martin team, though, didn't exactly enter the grid with a bang. In their first two years, they managed two seventh-place finishes in the Constructors, and have been pretty underwhelming at times. But 2023 has spelled an entirely different story for the Silverstone-based team, and not in the usual way that you would expect from a team either. And I'm talking when you'd expect to see small gains from a team, them slowly making their way up the constructor's table, maybe going from 7th this year to a comfortable 5th or fighting for 4th place. But no, this year has seen Aston Martin completely catapult their way to the front of the grid, gaining 2.5 seconds compared to their car last year, and it's definitely raised a couple of eyebrows, mine included. Especially considering that the team had said that they had a five-year plan. Five years to get the team to where they want to be, at the front of the pack and contending for a championship. But it looks like they might have managed to leapfrog a couple of years and a couple of teams along the way. With a change in regulations last year, I think some people might have expected the big leap from a team to be during that regulation-changing year. The way we saw Red Bull really pull ahead of the field, I think if we were going to see a team really have that sort of impact, I personally would have expected it last year. But that didn't happen for Aston Martin. They ended up having a really difficult car to work with when they went to the new regulations. And you could tell that the drivers and the team weren't happy with the way things were going. There was a lot of noise about Lawrence Stroll being a bit frustrated with how the trajectory of the team was and There was just a bit of discontent, as you would expect when the team and the car is not performing the way you'd really want it to. But this year, Aston Martin went through a drastic redesign of their car. And when I say drastic, I mean they opted to change 90% of their 2022 car. They abandoned their last concept completely after they saw it wasn't going to work and decided to change directions to something they thought was going to give them the numbers that they actually wanted. And some people might think that's pretty risky. Better the devil you know, right? I mean, when you look at Mercedes, who also did not have the best car on the grid last year, and when people asked them, are you going to change the concept? They said no, they wanted to stick to their guns and see it out, see if it would work, because they also said... Changing the concept of the car would mean having to move steps backwards. And that is a risk to take because you don't know if it's going to work and you don't know how much slower the car could be. But it is a risk that paid off massively fast in Martin. Those big risks and new ideas for a 90% new car had to come from somewhere though, right? And here's where Aston Martin has also been working really hard. And that is in their recruitment drive. The Silverstone-based team has managed to pull in some pretty big names from some pretty big teams to help build departments that will allow the car to flourish. One of their biggest sign-ins, and one that I think raised a couple of eyebrows at the time, was Dan Fallows from Red Bull, who's now become their new technical director. Fallows had been working on Red Bull since 2006, so he had done a lot, a lot of years with Red Bull at that point. And he'd basically been Adrian Newey's apprentice over his shoulder, watching over what he was doing, learning everything he could from the man that has created some incredibly successful F1 cars, and the guy who is also the mastermind behind this absolutely dominant Red Bull car in this new era of regulations. The AMR 23, though, was the first Aston Martin car that Fallows really had a say in by the time he had actually finished his gardening leave with Red Bull. 
and it's pretty evident to see just what his influence can mean on a car. Another one of their high-profile sign-ins was from Mercedes in the form of Eric Blandin, who is the Deputy Technical Director at Aston Martin right now. He worked as the Chief Aerodynamicist for the Silver Arrows and has been at the team since 2011, and before that he had previously worked for Ferrari, so he definitely had an impressive CV to walk into Aston Martin with, and having a member from Mercedes come into their team might have given Aston Martin a little bit more of a boost. Currently, Aston Martin don't just use Mercedes engine, but they also use their gearbox. And yeah, of course, Blandin isn't gonna be able to spill every single secret that Mercedes has for their car, but he's probably gonna have a better understanding of those parts and how to get the most out of them compared to some of the people in the factory. But it's not just the numbers from the car that's showing what an impact these two signings have had to the team. The Aston Martin performance director have said that both Fallows and Blandin have created an atmosphere that's allowed for creative thinking and has made it easy and fun to work with. And having that sort of atmosphere can just make your team so much more productive and so much more enthused about the work they're doing. It does make a world of difference. So yeah, I would definitely say that those two sign-ins, as well as a couple of others that they've made, have just created a massive, massive difference in the team. They've brought in fresh ideas, helped push the team forward, but not in a way that they aren't willing to work with the rest of the team. It looks like the entirety of Aston Martin are just a really solid unit right now. They're all working together towards a common goal, and I think Lawrence Stroll has really managed to pick stuff that won't just work well together, but also push each other to continue to develop their skills and this car. But their technical team isn't the only place that they've had changes made to. After the retirement of Sebastian Vettel, Aston Martin had managed to sign the two-time world champion that is Fernando Alonso. Love him or hate him, I know he's a driver that can polarise opinions, but there's absolutely no denying the talent that man has when he's sat in a race car. And it doesn't look like being the oldest driver on the grid has done anything to hamper his abilities or his drive to get wins. The energy and determination that he's bringing to the team I think is really helping in the belief that they could win championships in the near future. I honestly don't think Fernando would stick around in a team that he didn't think had the ability to win. I think he's said as much in the past as well. Don't get me wrong here, I was definitely one of those people wondering what the heck Fernando was thinking going to Aston Martin. It felt like it was going to end up being a downgrade compared to Alpine who were doing very well and finished fourth in the constructors but Lawrence Stroll definitely found a way to really sell his team and convince Fernando that Aston were going to be a team that would be able to get him his race wins and another championship without actually having any results to show yet. And Fernando must have also had a lot of faith in this team and what Lawrence was saying to deliver that. But I think it's pretty clear to see that this really wasn't a mistake right now and probably is one of the best career moves that Fernando's made in recent times. On top of all of that though, there's also the new facility that Lawrence Stroll and Aston Martin are ploughing a lot of money into. The Silverstone factory is getting a massive makeover to the tune of 200 million pounds. Yep, 200 million. And that is going to include a brand new wind tunnel. Currently Aston are using the Mercedes wind tunnel and having their own wind tunnel on site is going to mean that they don't need to adhere to anyone else's timetable anymore. 
as long as they stick to the time that the FIA has allocated them in terms of how much time they're allowed to spend in the wind tunnel, they can go in and test whenever they want without having to worry about another team. Aston Martin are just in a slightly weird place right now though, and I don't mean this in a bad way either. Right now, they don't have the pace to be fighting Red Bull, that much is clear, absolutely no one does. At least they're not able to fight consistently in a race, they can hang on for the first few laps and then after that, they do just fall behind and that's not a slight on them because no car on the grid is able to keep up with them right now. But they're also not having constant battles with the cars that are behind them. Ferrari and Mercedes are just having a really inconsistent season right now. There are tracks where the cars are looking really good for, and others where the cars are just struggling so much that it can be painful to watch at times. But that isn't a problem that Aston is facing. They have a consistently good car, and in all honesty, I'm surprised when they're not fighting for P3 in the race anymore. So for Fernando at least, who looks like he's the lead driver right now, he's having a couple of battles here and there, especially if qualifying didn't exactly go that way. But after that, it's almost like Red Bull right now, where he knows the pace of the Aston Martin. So even if he's stuck behind a Ferrari or a Mercedes or an Alpine or a McLaren, he knows that the Aston Martin tie deck is a lot better. He knows that the race pace in general is a lot better than the majority of the grid so he doesn't need to take huge risks. He doesn't need to worry really about getting past some of these cars. So in one respect, I think they have benefited a little bit to Mercedes and Ferrari dropping the ball a bit here. But even if those teams had sorted out all their issues this season, or we see them sorting them out in the future, I don't see Aston Martin dropping out of that fight for second. In all honesty, I think the minimum they're going to get this season is P3. I would really be surprised if they go any lower than that at this point because that car is just so strong. And the other thing is, even if they were in a battle for P2, I can't see any other team leapfrogging Aston Martin right now. You would have to make pretty big gains to really leapfrog them and get quite far ahead. With all of this going on though and all the success that the team is having, Aston Martin really aren't trying to get ahead of themselves. Mike Crack just wants the team to keep their heads down. They're immensely proud and happy with the results they've produced. Lauren Stroll has spoken about it, Mike Crack, a lot of the team members, Fernando, Lance. It's great. You can tell how happy and just how proud they are of the work that's happened. But the last thing that Mike wants right now is for the team to get complacent. He's trying not to give too much away to the press, not trying to big up his own team or anything, but just talk about the basic facts about the car and about the race. He knows how quickly things can change in F1. His team is a huge, huge example of that. And with so many of the teams bringing upgrade packages over the next few races, I think he's very aware that they could face battles from multiple teams quite consistently. But there is a sense of certainty with Aston Martin right now. Like, there's no fear that I can really sense coming off that team. They're confident, not only in the design of their car, but in the direction that car is going in, in the team, and in their driver lineup. Their main focus is themselves. I'm just trying to improve their car in any way they can to try and get closer to Red Bull. And whilst that might be a bit of a task that could take a little bit of time because the pace of that Red Bull is just insane, it seems like a more realistic plan for them compared to any of the other teams on the grid right now. At the crux of it though, Aston Martin has managed to design a car that can perform well on all types of circuits. They have low tyre deck, 
don't seem to be affected by track abrasiveness or temperature in the way that other teams like Ferrari and Mercedes are, I have a team that really believe in what they can achieve. And honestly, I think the massive turning point for them was just scrapping the last car design. There's no point in trying to beat a dead horse, right? They knew it wasn't working and instead of trying to stick to their guns through pride or cost cap issues or just wanting to see if something else could work, they threw it all in the bin, started again and trusted in their design team, in their engineers, in their technical director to give them a car that would perform on track. There are two more years left in this five-year plan and at that point Lawrence Stroll said they want to be contenders for a title and if they carry on with the trajectory that they're on right now, I could see it happening. Of course with teams bringing upgrades and gaining a better understanding of the new technical regulations, it might not be a straightforward path for them, but if they continue just to keep their heads down and bring strategic upgrades to the car, then they might not have a whole load to worry about, and from the sounds of Aston Martin, they really aren't too worried right now. So, a massive investment. Key personnel joining the team. A driver who wants to push everyone to want more, and just being able to swallow their pride and start from scratch and take massive risks. I think those are really the main reasons as to why Aston Martin F1 team have managed to make such massive, massive gains this year. And I can't lie. I'm so excited to see what the future has for them and what their new upgrades can bring because Mike, Fernando, Dan Fallow, so many people in Aston and the whispers around them have said this is only the start. This is just a baseline car for them. They are aiming to be able to fight with Red Bull and I could see it happening. It's going to be a great future to see for them and I think they're going to end up being a team that joined the top four now. That's going to be it. We're going to be seeing them consistently at the top for a little while now unless something drastically changes. Thank you guys so, so much for listening and make sure you join me next week because I'll be back for the first race in a triple header as F1 head out to Imola. And I am honestly so, so excited for this one because we have a couple of teams bringing big upgrades with them. Make sure to follow me on Instagram and TikTok at stewards underscore authors for more F1 content. And I'll see you guys the next time you're summoned to the stewards office.